Good afternoon and welcome to Talking Edge, a podcast about the companies that revolutionise the financial services sector from within. I'm your host, Prit, Chief Executive at Assure Hedge. As a reminder, Talking Edge is a spin-off from our previous podcast, Talking Hedge, where we focused our conversations towards those involved in the hedging space. We've moved to a broader topic as we have as a company in that we're now interviewing the founders and leaders of those companies that are also democratizing financial services and making them available for any business or individual. We hope that they give us some insight and share stories from the early beginnings to the successful companies that they are building or have become. For today's episode, I'm very lucky to be drawn by Paul, who's the co-founder and CEO of Kana. And Kana works within the really interesting embedded insurance space and is one of the largest opportunities, as we know, within the whole sector of embedded finance. It's not his first rodeo. Paul is a serial entrepreneur and a former winner of the Deloitte Fast 50 for the fastest growing technology companies in Ireland. He founded Kana with his partner, Peter, back in October 21. Um, their previous venture, Blink, was founded in 2016 and acquired successfully by CPP Group back in March of 2017. And it was really interesting because it delivered the world's first real-time resolution in terms of a flight cancellation insurance product. And it was really the only insure tech product as part of the first cohort of the FCA sandbox in terms of a safe place to innovate program, which Assure Hedge was part of itself. Paul led that company to make the insure tech 100 for 2019 and 2020. And, uh, you know, that's an annual list of the world's most innovative companies within the insure tech space. And he was selected for the fifth cohort of the prestigious Lloyd's Lab Innovation Accelerates program in 2020 focusing on the business interruption insurance solution. So, Paul, thanks for joining us. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so maybe to get started, it'd be great to hear about the early beginnings of Kana. I know it's it's still a, a, a new stage company, but really be great to hear why you started it, what the inspiration yep. was for founding this business. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. You know, myself and Peter, this is our third insure tech. We've been working together for 17 years now in the insure tech space. And it's interesting how it's evolved over time. As you mentioned, Blink was a, you know, we started in 16, was a parametric business based around um, parametrics, all data-driven, one piece of data. If that happens, you get paid. There's no uh, third-party administrator involved. And we built some very interesting small business insurance products, parametric products. So when we finished up after our earnout with CPP Group, uh, we had had some exposure around small business insurance, and we thought that was a a really tough nut to crack. So, and our job as entrepreneurs is not to run away from the fire, is to, to run towards the fire to try to fix something fairly material. And um, you know that that's what we've set up Kena to do. Some really interesting stats that when we when we started to understand it a bit more, if you take the U.S. market, forty percent of small businesses have no insurance. And 75% of the rest are massively underinsured. The frightening term we hear day in, day out is they're unknowingly underinsured. They don't know they have the wrong insurance. And they only find out when they make a claim. And they, and you've got to remember when we were thinking about the next um, business, uh, COVID was at its height and the issues around business interruption. So you had all these huge media stories, these small businesses going, we thought we had the right cover. Nobody told us, and we we now know we didn't. So that was the that was the the I suppose the core idea um, for for Kena. And uh, you know, I come from a 
a long line of small business people and entrepreneurs and it's a really tough space and look if we if Kayla can help in any in any way to ensure that they've got the right insurance um and make it better for brokers and insurers and make it better for the whole ecosystem i think we'd, we'd be very very happy at the end of this particular project well that's interesting so some of those stats are pretty crazy yeah. when you think about yeah. it so, so what does Kayla do in really simple terms like yeah say where or what is embedded insurance even for those yeah. joining and like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, so there's there's I suppose um your traditional embedded insurance, uh like if you go on to Ryanair, the embedded insurance point one point oh is you go on to Ryanair, you're buying your flight and then up pops, would you like to buy insurance? Yeah. That's the first wave, you know, it's been there a while and you know, a lot of companies have done, you know, they've got a a product and they're looking for digital platforms to sell it through. Um, you know, whether that's Amazon or Ryanair or, you know, e-commerce platforms or whatever that may be. And, and that's been somewhat successful. Um, uh, I think Kena and a number of others are kind of pushing embedded insurance the next wave. And really what that is about is it's about taking data from the platform. The platform, of course, it's distribution, but it's much more than distribution. It's It's unique data. And that's who we work with. We work with the sector we work with is called vertical SaaS platforms. That The days of a small business using six or seven bits of software to run their business, one in marketing, one in finance, one in inventory, et cetera, that's going. It's being replaced by pieces of software that are really comprehensive for very narrow verticals. For example, uh, Glowfox, fantastic Irish company, uh, all they do is build software for gyms. And there were sold for a couple of hundred million dollars in the last couple of months, amazing business. Then you've got the likes of Clio. All they do is write software for lawyers. Then you've got the likes of um, Toast. All they do is, so, and, and this is happening at only in the last, really the last five, six, seven years has vertical SaaS. So with our insurance hat on is, that's all the data that we need. Because if you ju- if you say all we need is more data, just ask the small business for data. They're too busy trying to to survive. So our approach is well, where is the data today? And that's so they start say with toast. If you're running a restaurant, you open your restaurant at nine nine a.m. in the morning, getting ready for the lunch trade, and um, you acquire customers, manage staff, manage inventory, get payments, etc. So the whole operations, financial and operations, are done on that platform. So then you're able to use that data to ensure that the restaurant has the right insurance day one. And then is the right now you've got static insurance and you've got an ever changing business. Whereas if you plug it, if you embed it directly into the software platform, you hire 20 more people. You need more workers comp insurance. You Your turnover has dropped. We can save you on insurance, but that it won't doesn't work in the current model because it's too expensive to ring your broker. Nobody thinks about it. The broker can't reach out. It's, they just don't make enough money to have that level of engagement with the small businesses. Whereas the software platform has all the data we need to ensure that you have the right insurance day one, but also your uh, insurance basically um, equals your business over time. You know, that's that's it in a nutshell. And so is, is that what... Um... Kana does that different. That is different. Or yeah. Yes. How, that, how, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is the big difference, really, is that we're probably we are the only 
uh, insurtech business that's 100% focused on vertical SaaS platforms. You know, it's they haven't taken over the world yet, but that's where the hockey puck is going. So our job yeah. is to build uh, 100% optimized insurtech for vertical SaaS that allows them to leverage their data to provide their customers better insurance. Okay. Well, look, it sounds like a very clear vision for the business, which is always yeah. quite key. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, you mentioned wave 1.0 with Ryanair mm. and things like this. Yeah. But what, let, if I call this wave 2.0, you might correct yeah. me and say it's wave 7.0. So no, 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 no. Two is good. Two is good. They say, they say it's wave 2.0 and this being your third insurtech business is it the data play that's different and and why is it going to work now where yeah. you mentioned you know yeah that's a great question it's all about the data every, every insurtech we've built it's all been about data and that's kind of evolved over time and you know we you know and we're not going to be a regulated entity we're we have a very different view than a lot of other insurtechs a lot of insurtechs said we're going to disrupt all aspects of insurance and take over the world we, you know, we like working with incumbent insurers. Uh, we love working with brokers and we're working with all those folks at the moment. They know the insurance of all these different verticals. Um, but the bit that we bring is the ability to build a strong technology product that makes it really easy for vertical SaaS platforms um, and to leverage all that data. Uh, so that's so we're that we're that uh, embedded orchestration layer between the brokers stroke insurers and the vertical SaaS. So our last integration with the vertical SaaS platform took four hours. And and with the insurer broker, they don't have to start any technical project at all. It can be as manual as they want it to be, or if they're somewhat sophisticated. So that's music to their ears. So, But they focus then on what they're really good at, whether that's underwriting and really understanding the customers and the sector. And we're, we're that enabling layer, if you like. So you know, that's a very different approach. You see a lot of insurtechs going really narrow and really deep. That's where Kena started. And over time, as we saw the opportunity, we said, no, no, we're going to go wide and across all various different vertical SaaS platforms and, and be that enabling layer, which is so so far so good. Interesting. Uh, our office is in Liverpool Street near the city. And last week I met with our some advisors who are helping us with a fundraise next year. And... Um, the one comment I got when asked how business was, and they said, well, there's one part of the city behind me, which is the insurance sector, which is absolutely booming with what's mm-hmm. happening with the interest rate. And, um, you know, there's there's so much growth. There. So it'll be really interesting to see how the tech platform like yours cap- yeah. you know, captures that growth. It'll be great to see that. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of um, what Kane is doing to maybe democratise, mm-hmm. um, you know, embedded insurance for the SMB sector, what... What is that? Is it we great we could take us through that? Sure. I mean, really, if you if you look at, you know, if you look at um, providing insurance to a very large enterprise, you know, Coca-Cola or somebody, a large couple of hundred million dollar company, you're going to have risk managers and a lot of insurance professionals spending a huge amount of time understanding that business. Be, and the reason is very simple. There's enough money in that deal to spend a lot of time yeah. Whereas if you're a restaurateur or, a, you know, a salon owner in Leeds, you know, the commission is very small. So what we're doing is all the data they have in these software platforms, we're, we're able to give them that level of um, a personalization and bespoke level of insurance 
driven by the software uh, and the, their data on the software platform, which is very similar to what the big guys get. But, you know, that's done through lots of people going in and, and, and ripping apart all the data and getting all the information. So that's so instead of right now, you've got a, a situation where, you know, if you're a small business, you say, I want this insurance policy. There's your one size fits all. You know, like gyms, perfect example. There's 30 types of gyms. There's one insurance policy. <laughs> Sorry, but that's what you're getting. Do you want it or not? Whereas with with this type of approach, you'll be able to personalize it a lot more. And you could do that because it's data-driven, it's technology-driven, and the, the numbers stack up to, to start segmenting and personalizing. So you're able to get the actual insurance that you actually need. And then over the lifetime of your policies, your business changes, you don't have to think about it. You know, we'll be able to prompt you and say, hey, you're after hiring eight more people. You need to spend 50 quid more this month just to make sure you're, you're, you're covered, you know. So that's that's you're going to have the same level of insurance um, personalization, bespoke level of that, that the big guys have. So I suppose that's that would democratize it, I would imagine. I can see how that would be hugely appealing for a customer, even our own experience. We're, yeah. we're great. FinTech was doubled and... Yeah. You know, going through recently, uh, we need to do this, this. It was hard, you know. Painful. Yeah, yeah that, painful. That's, the, that, <laughs> that's typically, and the research, they just go, it's it's a pain. And, you know, uh, when it comes to renewal, like from a broker point of view, and the brokers are great people, but when they ring up their customers for renewal, they just go, how was business in the last year? It's not a great place to be. Whereas with this, if they're selling this through this platform, they know exactly if they've got a thousand customers in a certain line of business, they're able to say, well, 930, it's steady as she goes. They're, you know, it's it's block and tackle. No major changes. That's fine. Renew letters can go out. With these small number over here, massive changes. Good God. We need to get people down to understand what the changes are to make sure they have the right insurance, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, and, and then from a broker point of view, if the small business then decides, well, I don't want to, take i don't want to change my insurance that's fine but they're doing it and they're making a conscious decision so from a conduct risk point of view for brokers and insurers that puts them in a much stronger position um yeah so and so is this is this a major trend you're seeing in embedded insurance so are you, do you think you mentioned oh there's not a lot but you know is this something you're seeing or are there other main trends that other people are, are kind yeah. of tackling that you can... there, there, there's some really interesting embedded insurance 2.0 i would call them companies that are you know anansi is one we just finished the lloyd's lab uh last week and anansi are a great company and they do embedded uh, uh insurance into supply chain you know, so they've gone, they're a regulated entity. They've got very narrow and very deep taking data from the platforms. It's all integrated. It's not just, they're not just one size fits all. Would you like to buy it? And it's a good way to buy it through this platform. They're actually taking data. Nimblar are another fantastic company in the credit insurance space. Again, they're embedded into platforms, taking data from that platform. And, you know, so so that there are a number of very, and it's great to see it. Um, so there are definitely a number of, very specific players. Our play is quite different in that we're going across lots of different. Um, we're 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 not competing with brokers and insurance. We're actually enabling them. You know, a lot of the people we talk to are brilliant at what they do, but the technology piece is the little bit that they're missing. So we're we're literally helping them 
getting new distribution and etc so there, there's there's people taking uh seeing this opportunity and taking different approaches to it and and it's not a zero sum game this is all good for the whole industry good for small businesses so it's it's a very positive thing which well, sounds like that that trend then is consistent even in the different special like people are really trying to make yeah. use of the data that's out there and and yeah, 100%. Using technology to get access to it and make better decisions, yeah. which is great. And in terms of the, you mentioned there's not many people that go so corporate. Is there a competitive landscape for you at the moment? Do you see that developing as, you know, you start to build a footprint? And, oh, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, 100%. That, that's going to happen. You know, in a year's time, if we talk in a year's time, I expect to be lots of competitors out there, you know. Uh, and that's a good thing. It's a huge, huge market. I mean, embedded insurance is going to be, you know, but they reckon by 2030, it's going to be 500 billion pounds. This is not a small market. The SMB space, yeah. they reckon by 2030, 60% of small businesses will be getting their insurance via embedded um, distribution, which is fascinating. So there's a lot to be done. There's going to be a lot of niche players, a lot of infrastructure players. So, yeah, huge, huge shift in the, in the market. And, and uh, you know, on purpose, we've taken a very particular niche approach in the vertical SaaS space. And there's going to be loads of people doing pieces, bits and pieces uh, and different approaches. So yeah, competition is a good thing. I mean, it's a huge market out there. And and you mentioned 60% in 2030. What what would that, what would you estimate that number is now just as a. Oh God, that's, that's hundreds of billions. It's just enormous. It really is. And I think the interesting part, if you look at, uh, you know, uh, 40% of no insurance, and a lot of that is down to, I didn't realize, or I don't really trust it. And whereas if you're embedding it into an insurance pl- or a software platform they trust, and you're able to automate the the quoting process, you don't, they don't even have to think about, I must get an insurance quote someday and fill out a form. We're able to say, your restaurant insurance is $3,000 as you're running your business every day. So we, we reckon we can reduce that that protection gap, but also... The 75% of small businesses who are underinsured, there's a massive opportunity to increase revenue for the insurance business, but actually ensure that they've got the right insurance as well. So, you know, it's it's uh, we reckon there's a great opportunity to make that market much, much bigger as well. Um, and where do you see the frictions in, in, in embedding insurance services? Is it in yeah. the customer journey, the tech, the commercial strategy, or, or even you touched on rates? Yeah. I think regulation is going to be interesting. Uh, what we find is an awful lot of vertical SaaS platforms that we talk to, there's a real cultural um, uh, difference between an, a traditional insurance company and a vertical SaaS platform. They're used to just give me another microservice, let me plug it in and let me get going. You know, but obviously insurance is highly regulated. You know, there's certain ways of doing things. So a lot of software platforms are just very anxious you know, and we sit on that side. We're we're tech startup folks doing insurance, so that cultural piece is number one. Second is regulation, and regulation is going to be very interesting how that evolves over time. You know, there's a lot of there's an awful lot of regulation that has kind of built up over the years, and um, but you know what what level, if any, of regulation does the software platform have to go through? You know, and that's. And that's something that people are very anxious about as well. And I think that will evolve as the regulator looks at this and goes, actually, this is really, really positive for the small business. They'll get the right insurance. 
they'll be prompted to get the right insurance if their business changes. So trying to make it, um, you know, accessible for the vertical SaaS or the software platforms to sell insurance, but sell it in the right way and, and give them the right product, et cetera. So I think that will evolve over time. But I think as the as the initial wave of embedded insurance 2.0 goes out, it'll be interesting to see how the regulator tweaks um, their requirements. So regulation uh, is a big thing. And then you've got the, you know, trying to get the right insurance. We're very lucky with some of our insurance partners, the broker partners, very innovative, but not a lot of, not a lot of, uh, uh, not all insurers are like that. A lot of insurers uh, maybe have a more traditional view and they're going, business is fine. Why would I bother trying to do this? So you're, you know, there's getting the right insurance partners, getting the regulations set up, convincing the software platforms that this is doable and it's not going to be an absolute nightmare from a regulatory point of view. So there's a lot of uh, Lego blocks to put together. And, and I suppose that's how we see ourselves um, as enabling all that to happen. That's cool. And do, do you think the economic outlook will change the market for Kana hit? Like, uh... Yeah, I think it's... Unfortunately, uh, as as things get tougher, people tend to assess and want to manage their downside. And that's, you know, like things go wrong. You make an insurance claim, you have the wrong insurance and you don't get paid that 50 grand. It's tough to trade out of that if you don't get that 50 grand. And the chance of you getting out of business in a tough economic environment is much higher than when things are flying and you can just manage your way out of that. So I think a lot of, I think a lot of small businesses will probably, you know, pause when they get that renewal and say, okay, we really need to make sure we're fully covered here. And how do we do this? And actually going through the platform that we trust and they have all our data, that's going to be a really interesting way of doing it. So I think, I think, uh, I think people, of course, will want better value. They'll, but they'll want to make sure, you know, if, if something goes wrong, they actually are fully covered, not, they won't, I don't think they'll rush it as much as previous when times are good, where they just scribbled together the renewal and just got the thing and put it away and it'll be fine. I think they'll go, okay, if this goes wrong, things can be quite bad, you know. Yeah, we all know the problem of trying to buy house insurance when your house is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, that's an interesting one, yeah. 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 Uh, we've got a few questions, so please. That's all right. I'll, I'll of course, yeah. Those. Yeah. So uh, do companies, brands that seek to embed insurance into their offer have clarity on the strategy that they want or need to apply? Yeah, they do. Well, uh, for the software platforms that we work with, you know, they have a very different view. They're trying to solve a real problem. You know, in, a lot, in some cases, the distribution partners can be quite mercenary and say, I want all the margin. And we've all heard that. And then the insurer gets very little to put into the product and the product is bad. And it's a bad, it's a bad story. Whereas the vertical SaaS platform, they want a decade, decades long relationship with their customers. And the ones that are going to win are the ones that are going to solve real problems. And insurance is that that's the number one thing they're trying to do. Because if, if they can really solve that insurance problem using the data on the platform, then the, um, then the small business will be much more unlikely ever to leave the platform and go to their competitors. So that's the first, of course they want to make margin, everybody does, but the first thing is they want to solve that problem. So that's their main strategic objective um, is, is solving problems for their customers, which is, which is great and we're very much aligned on that. Great. Um, do you think that there's a risk that vertical SaaS platforms will internalize insurance over time? 
Oh, that's a great question. And and to be honest, there are customers, so that's okay, you know. So uh I I think that right now we've seen a number of them build the whole infrastructure themselves uh because of the frustration with what's out there in the market. So we're hoping to change that, that they're able to say, okay, we're gonna work with Kana and then we're gonna work with the right insurer broker. But you know, Kana will allow us to keep the experience of the platform, etc. Um, so it, there won't have a bigger reason to internalize it completely and spend millions of dollars. It'll just be another service like Stripe for payments, you know. Um, but I think if, you know, if us or similar people like us are, aren't emerging, I think more vertical SaaS will have to spend millions of dollars building their own infrastructure and their own insurance team. Because what's out there right now, they're just not happy with, you know. That's a great answer and a good question. <laughs> Are there sometimes um, challenges in ensuring that the data that you're collecting meets requirements and how do you oh, overcome these? Great question. Absolutely great question. Absolutely. And I, I was speaking to one of our partners this morning about this. So the, the really interesting part is people aren't putting the data in the platform to get insurance. That's the key thing here. They're putting the data into the platform to run their business on a day-to-day basis, whether that's, you know, uh, booking staff into the or booking staff in for their restaurant, uh, booking customers in, having inventory. So for them to game the system, you know, it's quite a complicated thing. And then the second piece of the puzzle is just as if you go online to buy insurance or give data to your broker, you know, as part of what we do is we'll say, and here's all the data you've given us. Are you, you know, just confirm that this is all correct and, uh, will we'll bind the insurance. And, and there'll be certain data points that the vertical SaaS platform will never have that as part of our process, we pick up, you know, whether that's claims or bankruptcy or whatever the insurer or the broker requires, we can pick all that up via our processes, which is, a, which is embedded into the vertical SaaS platform. So, but, but effectively, you know, the small business, like any other route of getting insurance is basically standing over all the data that they're providing. Great. Uh, we've got a really interesting question here as well. How, how do you reassure companies that look that are looking to embed insurance that there isn't a regulatory risk? Oh, that's a whole other hour. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they're 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 um, you know, like a number of the insurers and the brokers we work with. This is what they do. They work with lots of partners. You know, one that we're working with has got hundreds of different types of partners and there are numerous different ways of um, providing permission from the core insurer, the broker to the software platform. And it can be very, very light and it could be much more integrated. And you're really, you know, and the insurance companies we work with are very used to dealing with non-insurance people to, you know, so effectively not, not all the responsibilities taken for the software platform to the insurer but effectively the insurer is providing their permissions to the software platform in whatever level um so they they have to have a really close working relationship there's got to be a lot of trust there you know the a good solid insurer isn't just going to give out their permissions willy-nilly they really have to understand so um you know but it can be as and look it can start with a very very light um level of regulatory overhead on the platform and then move to a heavier as they get more comfortable but like anything else if you're you know if you're uh if you do the right thing by the customer you know and, and put the time and effort into it everything everything should be fine 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. And uh, like you mentioned, there are lots of partners whose business is insurance. It's, it's a natural way for them to be extending permission. To Correct. Them. Yeah. Um, one last question, if you don't mind, uh, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of taking up a lot of your time. So no, can, can your model be applied outside of the insurance industry? Yes, it can. You know, uh, like if you look at, you know, credit checking, payments, other financial services, absolutely. Look, we're technology folks. It's all about the data. You know, we've, we've certainly kind of thought about outside insurance. Uh, yes, I suppose it would be the answer. Look, it's been a real pleasure having you on Talking Edge this afternoon. Thanks a lot for your time, Paul. And Thanks, Chris. Is, is there anything else you'd like to convey to the audience today before, you, uh, before we sign off? No, I'm, look, I'm, I'm wide open to talk to people. Paul Prenius on LinkedIn, happy to chat to, to anybody in, in, in the whole wider fintech space. Great. Um, so our next Talking Edge will be in the new year on January 16th, where I'll be joined by Dave Lewis, CEO of Ranks. And the recording from today's session will be available in the next few days. Stay tuned on all, all our social channels. Until then, wish you all a great rest of the week and thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Chris.